You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Jamie didn't say is that he was dancing last night. <laughs> and my son says, Dad, uh, Pastor James has got some pretty nice moves. And I said, doesn't, doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. You know, uh, last time I was here, which was months ago, I had no idea that I would be back on the first of the year. And I consider it an absolute honor to be here. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll go as far as saying that... Uh, what brought this group together today is nothing less than miraculous. Think about this. This is the only time in the history of time that this exact group will be together. Is that crazy? How many of you thought about not coming today? Be honest. Yeah, of course. How many of you had some stuff going on that should have kept you from coming? Yeah. How many of you just wanted to sleep in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if you think about the thousands of decisions that it took for you to be here today, this exact group, look around, if you would. This is nothing less than miraculous. And so when you talk about Jamie saying that God has a message for somebody, I'd say that God has a message for this exact group today. Amen. And let me tell you why. Because there were people who wanted to be here today. There were people who had every intention of being here, James, that aren't here. And it really makes me just marvel at how great God is, that God causes all things to work. You know, I was talking to Paul earlier, and Paul lost a grandbaby this year. And I'll talk a little bit about that. Broke my heart. Just broke my heart. I was talking to some of you about sickness, about tough times that are going on in your lives, about uh, situations with your children. Uh, life is tough. Life happens. And so we come to a new year, and, and we have to really sit back and think, okay, so what? And we'll get into some of that so what here in a second. This is also my first time visiting this church uh, where Bob Cannon has not been on the face of the earth. Yeah, and uh, Bob Cannon's a very special man. How many of you had a, were impacted in your lives by Bob Cannon? Yeah, uh, I was also. Um, and I jotted down some words that, I thought of when I thought of Bob. Um, Bob wrote in my Bible. This Bible was given to me by this church. I spoke at a men's retreat, and uh, Jamie asked, what can I do for you? And I said, get me a Bible from your church, because uh, a few weeks earlier, I had, or a couple months earlier, I had preached here, and there was a young lady in the crowd who came up after, and we talked, and she was having some real tough times in her life, and I gave her my Bible. And I said, dude, you don't know. I, I feel naked. I, I did. I, I mean, I gave her my Bible. It had all my notes. If um, I write in my Bible, I take a lot of notes. This to me is like um, the greatest gift that you could have. I cherish this word. I love this word. I, I feast on this word. And so when she was telling me, I kept saying I should give her my Bible. Then I said, no chance is me thinking, okay? And not a chance in the world. I've got years of work in here. I've got notes. I mean, not a chance in the world. And she kept saying, oh, I'd do anything, but I don't have a Bible. And I want to get into the Word. And I finally just said, here, take my Bible. And I felt it for a month. I really did. And then Jamie gave me this Bible. And 
inside of this Bible is written a bunch of beautiful things from a bunch of beautiful people. But I want to read to you what Bob Cannon wrote to me. So uh, he says, Greg, John 147, uh, you are loved by many, especially by the Cannons. And, you know, as Bob died, I did everything I could to try to just get a flight down here. Uh, it didn't work in my calendar, but I wanted so bad to be down here just because of the impact that this one guy has had. Well, today, if what we believe is true, he's standing before the throne of God, Amen. doing something very useful. And uh, don't, I don't quite have all the details, but what I do know is that he's before the creator of the universe. Is that nuts? Yeah, that's just crazy when you think about that. I don't get that. I, I just can't even get my head wrapped around the fact that the big cannon is, is standing before God Almighty and uh, doing something, uh, something that his mind on earth could never imagine, something so beautiful, so terrific, so marvelous that our, the Bible says that we see dimly as in a mirror, but one day we will know fully as we are fully known. And what a day that will be when you get to fully understand God's plan for your life. So today I want to talk about you. And I want to talk about 2017 for you. Because there's a lot of people in here who 2016 wasn't so great for. And, and let me tell you why. Because you're tough on yourselves. And you beat up on yourself constantly. And people have told you you're no good. And people have told you that you're not capable. And people have told you that you can't do that. Certainly somebody who looks like you or somebody who looks like me can't achieve that. You weren't raised at the right place. You didn't get the right education. You don't look good enough. You don't look like everybody else. You don't act like everybody else. And the problem is you all have started to believe that. And see, God made you exactly the way he wanted you. And in God's eyes, you're, you're marvelous. You are so beautiful in God's eyes. And yet, until you come to that point of realization that God thinks I am cool, God thinks I am awesome. You know, my daughter told me a story yesterday about a $20 bill. And some of us have 20s in our pockets. But do you have any idea where that 20's been? Maybe it paid for prostitution. Maybe it paid for pornography. Maybe it paid for illegal drugs. Maybe that 20 was used or robbed by somebody but we carry them in our pockets. Why? Because they're worth $20 is why. And that's good for a coffee and that's good for a lunch. And you, you don't really think about where that $20 has been, but that $20 has $20 of value. And see, that's how you are to God. You have this uh, natural intrinsic value to God. And yet some of us think because I've been here or I've been there because I've done this or I've done that, that I no longer have that value in the kingdom of God. And I'm here to tell you that just isn't right. You are so valuable to God. And guess what day is most important to God? Today. See, God doesn't care so much about your yesterday. He cares about what will you do for the kingdom of God today. And see, you have really no excuse to say, yeah, Greg, but you don't understand my life. What I know is that God has given you today. And if you will capitalize on today, God will bless you beyond what you can imagine. And we're going to talk about how we do that. So I told you I jotted down some words that describe Pastor Bob to me. And uh, the first one was uh, out of Psalm 119, verse 11. And it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Pastor Bob had the word of God hidden in his heart. He had it tucked away. 
he knew more scripture. He could just throw out the scripture and he did it so casually and so professionally and so, so knowledgeably. He had the word of God hidden in his heart. And that's a powerful thing. I hope that each of you this year would dedicate yourselves to having God's word hidden in your heart. He was a teacher and a mentor. Um, I'll never forget that after I preached here for the first time, and Jamie invited me to come out and visit the church, and I said, sure, and I'm not a preacher, and uh, I'm, I'm a businessman. I've done it for 26 years, and I kind of laugh at the fact that God lets me do stuff like this, but I do it uh, just because. Um, so Bob sent me a note in the mail, a handwritten note, and, and he said, uh, you know, you were really a blessing to our church, and uh, you, you have this passion for God, and, and it's evident, and uh, all that did was encourage me. And so I think of Bob Cannon, and I think of a guy who just constantly encouraged me by being a teacher and a mentor. And I, I use the scripture out of Matthew chapter 28, 19, where Jesus said, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, teaching uh, in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think that Bob did all of those four things. He was faithful to it. And that's all he wanted to do. That's all he cared about. That was his treasure. And I hope that eventually we can all come to that point where it's our treasure. And then the final thought for Bob is uh, he was a disciple. Colossians 3.23 says that whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. And that's what, I, what I think of when I think of Bob Cannon, a man who just dedicated himself to honoring God. He didn't care what the people to the left or the people to the right thought. He was just about honoring God. And I love that about him. And I pray every day that that could be my life, is that I could just honor God. Lord, with whatever I have today, I'm nobody. I'm nobody special. I'm not, there's nothing exceptional about me. But dear Lord, I know you made me, and I know you love me, and I know you have a plan for my life today, just like he does for each of you. And I would hope that each of you come to that realization. So we had Bob for a time, and a time, and a time. He lived a number of decades, and he lived a good life, and I know his children missed him. His son is the newscaster, the anchor in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, where I live. I actually live in Bella Vista, but his son, Craig, uh, we get to see on the news every night. And uh, I know the family is broken, and they're saddened by the loss of their father, but uh, he, he's where we long to be. He really is. So Bob gave his time and his treasure, and uh, time is very limited. And I'll talk a little bit more about time because it's the first of the year. And throughout history, we've marked time. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how we mark time. And then I'm going to talk about 2017 for you. But I want to read a scripture to you, if I can. And it's right out of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3. And the writer of this passage is a guy named Solomon. And anybody remember what Solomon asked for? Wisdom. And you guys know why he asked for wisdom? Because he was a young boy when he took over as king. And he says, how can a young boy possibly understand? As a matter of fact, his mother sat next to him on a throne and she would counsel him all the time because he was so young. Uh, many people think that he was 12 or 13 years old when his uh, father died and he became the king. And can you imagine an 11 or 12 or 13 year old making kingdom decisions? Uh, kind of scary, huh? Some of you are thinking of your kids and saying, oh my goodness, right? <laughs> but but uh, so, so he was very young and he asked, God, give me wisdom because this responsibility you've given me is so significant that there's no chance of me accomplishing your purpose without great wisdom. So, so here's what he wrote about time. He said, there is an appointed time for everything. 
And there's a time for every event under the sun. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a, a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw stones and a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What profit is there to the worker from that in which he toils? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which they occupy themselves. He has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their hearts. Yet, so that man will not find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them to re than to rejoice and to do good in one's lifetime. So, some interesting things there. I know that this year there was death in some of y'all's lives. I know in 2017 there will be death. I know in 2017 there will be times of prosperity. I know some of you will accomplish great things this year. I know some of you will have great losses this year. Life happens. And life will continue to happen. The difference between a Christian and anybody else in life is that when life happens, we refer to God. And that's it. We refer to God. We have a point of reference that a lost person doesn't have. So when things good or when things bad happen in our life, we run to God. And we say, Lord, what's up? How could you let a four-year-old baby die? Help me understand that. I know you got it. I mean, I know you got this. I'm not questioning the fact that you got this, but help me understand how I leverage that. Dear Lord, my marriage is going through terrible times. Help me understand. What do I do? See, that's what we have that the world doesn't have. We have a refuge. We have a strong tower that we can run to and that we can say, man, I am so confused right now. I don't have a clue what I need to do. Show me the way. And as Christians, that's what we get to count on is that we got a place to run to. We got a place of hope. We have access to the person who created it all. And all answers rest in him. In tough times, we have a chance to run to the throne of God and say, hey, Lord, help me leverage this for your kingdom. I'm going through a tough time right now. Help me leverage this so that you can be glorified. I don't know what to do, but help me use this so that people can see you inside of me. See, but that's the problem in life is a lot of us like to be seen instead of letting Christ be seen in us. We make these statements of who we want to be and the grandeur about us and I look this way and, and I've heard so many people in life say, yeah, well, I, I just don't do things that way. That, that's not the way that I do things. And, and here's what I would challenge you is why don't you do things the way God wants you to do them? Why don't you submit your will to what God wants you to do? If you're a backbiter, stop it. If that's your will, if that's your nature, stop it. If you don't uh, give generously, stop it. 
or shall I say, start it. (laughs) And whatever it is that, see, every year that comes, we have to ask God, how can I be relevant to you today? See, a lot of kids grow up and they start disliking their parents at a certain age. You know why? Because the parents don't change. The parents say, it's my way or it's the highway. You're going to do things the way I tell you to do them. Why? Because I said so. And what God intends to happen is for us to change every year and us to modify the way we think and to modify the way we behave and and for God to constantly be through us making us relevant in the world today. So some of you don't know anything about Snapchat or Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Some of you still don't have a smartphone. And and, and let me tell you what, it's where the kids are going. How many of you have seen kids at the dinner table not talking but on their phone? Well, when you know all these things, you could send them a note and say, dude, put your phone down. (laughs) See, if, if you don't know this stuff, then you can't do anything like that. But the way kids communicate today is different than the way that you communicated today or in your day. And today, we have to be savvy so that we can be relevant to our children. See, the world is changing. You know that less attendance in church in America than ever in our history is taking place today. Now, we become part of that, and we we continue church in the traditional sense, or we start thinking what needs to happen so that we can stay relevant to the generation that's coming up. Because let me tell you what God will do. God will do his part. God will be faithful and true to make sure that that there's a way to proclaim the gospel to those who are lost. There's a way to get truth into people who don't know truth. And if there's anybody here today who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, let me walk you through reality from the biblical perspective. Is that the things that you're doing uh, may feel right, The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, that way leads to destruction. So if you're not committed to Christ, you're walking in a direction that goes nowhere. It's only when you walk in Christ that every step matters and that every step leads you to the next step and that every step screams to people in terms of you being able to present Jesus Christ to them. It's only when you walk in Christ And you know what? You you don't have to walk like I walk. God wants you to be unique in your walk. See, your experiences, your your upbringing, your parents, all of that was intended so that all of us collectively as a body can go out and proclaim Jesus Christ to the entire world. So you don't want to be like Greg. You don't want to look like Greg. You want to be like you. See, the best thing about you is you. And, And yet sometimes you've been convinced that Because society doesn't see you a certain way that you're not valuable in the kingdom of God. And what I would challenge you to do is this. Just say today, uh, you know what? God made me, and I'm going to be useful in the kingdom of God today. And I'm going to share with you some ways here in a second that you can do that. Well, let me tell you. So since the beginning of time, we've tried to keep track of time, right? And uh, we've gone through like a, a lunar calendar, We've been through a Roman calendar. We've been through a Julian calendar. We've been through a Gregorian calendar. We've been through every kind of a calendar you can imagine. Through all time to be able to keep track of dates. Because dates are very important to us. 
How many of you can think of an important date off the top of your head? Yeah? Sure. What date would that be? Somebody yell out. What date did you think of? Yeah, good. Anniversary. Good answer. (laughs) For the rest of the men in here, you might get on that wagon, okay? What was another date some of you all thought of? What's that? Your son's birthday. Very special date for you, right? Who else? Day you were born. Yeah, your birthday. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, in order for us to track dates, we had to ascribe numbers to them, right? And, and what happened is throughout history, um, people used to look at the moon. And they'd say, okay, we'll follow the four cycles of the moon and uh, we'll kind of make that the year. But that didn't line up with uh, what's called the solstices and the equinoxes of the world. And so there was always an imbalance. And so what they were doing is they would have committees come together and they would pool and say, okay, this year we got to add 21 days for the calendar to be right. That's kind of weird, huh? Because uh, next year, if you were born on one of these 21 days and they didn't need to add it back, you don't, you don't get a birthday next year, right? That day doesn't exist. So, so this was the science, and it was, a, it was a bunch of smart people who created the, the various calendars. But the Julian calendar, for example, uh, was, was uh, off a day every 128 days. And it was replaced by a Gregorian calendar, which uh, is off one day every 3,200 days. And the problem with the Julian calendar is that uh, they would give a leap year every four years. They had a simple mathematical formula that said any year divisible by 100 um, would be a leap year. So that caused the leap year every four years, which caused things to be out of balance. Uh, All of that to try to track this perfect system that God created. And so if you look at this calendar that we're on today, it's called a Gregorian calendar. And what's beautiful about this calendar, if you take it from 1900 to 2100, which is 200 years, there's only a handful of days that are exactly the same length. Is that nuts? That's kind of crazy, isn't it? There's only a, so here's the averages. A day is 300, or a year is 365 days. And then the range is 34 minutes to, uh, let me say that again, 365 days, five hours, and minutes, 34 minutes is the range, all the way to six hours and one minute. That's the range of days over the next 200 years. Well, you think, who cares, right? Is what you all are thinking. <laughs> so what? Yeah, well, well here, here's what's important. Psalm 118 and verse 24 says, this is the day that the Lord has made, that I will rejoice in this day and be glad in this day. And so here we are at the beginning of the year. And this is the day that God has created for you. See, I, I want everybody here to be clear that um, God has a desire for you. And that desire is that you could follow his son. And, and maybe some of you are saying, but I do that. And so that what God is saying is, go deeper. Go a little deeper with me. What if? What if? And let me just throw out some hypotheticals if I can. What if you decided that today um, jealousy will no longer be the treasure of my life? What if you decided that today drugs will no longer be the treasure of my life? What if you decided today that money will no longer 
be the treasure of my life? What if you decided today that my children will no longer be the treasure of my life? What if some of you decided that my public image will no longer be the treasure in my life? What if some of you decided that my job will no longer be the treasure in my life? But that as of today, I will seek as the treasure of my life, Jesus Christ. What would happen to the world? Well, let me give you an idea of what would happen. You would become a beautiful fragrance to some, and you would become a terrible odor to others. You say, well, I, there, I'm done. I'm already that. But, but maybe you're a beautiful fragrance to the wrong people. See, if the people that you're hanging out with don't build you, if they're not causing construction in your life, if they're not pointing you to Christ, if they're not building you up and saying, man, God's got a great plan for you, dude, go. If they're not making you better, let me tell you what you ought to do. You ought to get rid of those people. You ought to be very intentional and say, you know what, I can't have you in my life anymore because you don't make me better. You make me jealous or you make me angry or you make me, you make me feel like not forgiving. And the reality is that person doesn't do that. See, because you have to allow people to make you feel a certain way. But what I can tell you is the Bible says that uh, bad company corrupts good morals. And, and God just wants to walk with you. I mean, he, he wants to be a part of your life. He wants to, to wake up every morning and say, let's get after this, Lord. Whatever you have me. So when I wake up in the morning, and I've done this for so many years, is I just... I put my hands up and I say, whatever you need, here I am. And I mean it. Whatever you need, I will do today. I don't even know what that means. But I kind of have this thing that says, man, if God were to call me to do something so out of my comfort zone, I've already told him I'm in. I can't back out. And he's done that repeatedly. God has put me in such crazy situations that when I'm out of them, I just giggle. And I say, Lord, you, you are something else. So what if you were to say to yourself, Lord, I want to be a different person today. I want all the uncertainty out of me. I want the unforgiveness gone. I want the guilty feeling gone because those are all concepts of the enemy to stop you from being effective for God what if you were to say today Lord I don't treat my wife the right way and I want to start treating her correctly what if you were to say I'm not a great dad to my children and I want to be that what if you were to say as a single person Lord, I'm not going to, my behaviors aren't going to allow me to have the woman or the man that you want me to have because of the things that I do. What if? And see, 2017 is full of what ifs. See, many of you won't do anything in 2017. But what I would encourage you to do is set goals. And I've got just a few behaviors that I wrote down that I would encourage all of you to pursue. And nothing but nothing but good 
could come out of these promises or these scriptures. And, and the other thing that I'll tell you is that um, we were made for eternity. And you have to know that. And that's why people fear death. is because you were made for eternity. You weren't made to die. But sin came into the world. And as a result of sin, we die. Now, here's the thing you have to understand is that um, sin can't be taken lightly. And so if we have sin in our life, and, and, and we all do, it can't be taken lightly. Um, the Bible says, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. So when you have sin in your life, hidden sin, it's really not hidden. It's only hidden to the people around you. But the creator of the universe and you are in communication constantly. And so whatever that sin is that you, that's got you down, that, that causes you to have a lack of confidence or that causes you not to be able to serve in the kingdom because you don't feel worthy or you don't feel like, man, I, I belong here. Um, Christ is calling today for you to just go lay that at the foot of the cross. He's calling you to say, man, just go drop it off. I already know it's there. It's just you coming to the realization that I know it's there. And it's dropping it at my feet and it's saying, Lord, I, I don't want to do these things anymore. I want to be a great husband. I want to give money. I want to be a cheerful giver. I want to support my church. I want to get into a ministry. I don't want to be an island. You didn't make me to be an island unto myself. I want all of those things to happen in my life. And, and here's what I can tell you. God is faithful and true that he will cause every one of those things to happen. That's just who God is. And he's longing. He, 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 you're the apple of his eye. And he wants you to come run into him so that he could say, welcome, my good and faithful servant. Now go and be you. Be your personality, right? Uh, and, and go out and, and exemplify God. So in 2017, here's my five challenges for you. And they come right out of the scriptures. And I'll leave this card here so that anybody who wants to see it will be up here. Um, Romans 12.2 says... Uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many of you know it's easy to walk with everybody else? It's easy to do what everybody else does. It's easy to dress like everybody else. We all do it, as a matter of fact. I mean, we've made Phil Knight billions of dollars because we love Nike. Why do we love it? Because Michael Jordan likes it, right? Why do we love Under Armour? Because uh, what's that golfer's name? Yeah, Jordan Spieth loves it. And so we love it, right? And we love the things that people... There's this gentleman who advertises for the Mercury commercials, uh, Lincoln vehicles, and he's a handsome guy, and I'm sure a bunch of girls say, I need a Lincoln. <laughs> Maybe my husband will look like that if I get a Lincoln, <laughs> right? Uh, so, so it is so easy in this world to follow the ways of the world. It's so easy to be like everybody else. It's so easy for uh, the youth especially to have a fad come up. And because of social media, it spreads so quickly and, and it just becomes a fad. So how do you renew your mind every day so that you're not chasing the world? See, because God didn't make you to chase the world. God made you to chase him. And you don't have any happiness inside. Well, I should say joy unless you're chasing God. Only when you chase God do you have joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart, right? Only when we chase God. That's a joy that's elusive to everybody who's chasing the world. 
And so you know people who say, I'm a Christian, I love God, but they have no joy in their life because they're chasing the happiness of the world instead of the joy of God. So don't be conformed, but renew your mind. Get into your Bible and get your Bible into you. I mean, this should be your weapon. This should be the tool that you carry with you everywhere. This should be more important to you than coffee, than donuts, than breakfast, than lunch, than dinner, than your wife, than your children. Now, when this becomes more important, then you will be phenomenal in all those other areas. You'll eat good breakfast. You'll be a great husband. You'll be a great dad. When this becomes the center of your universe, you will function like God intended for you to function. Some of you walk through life right now broken and say, that's just who we are. That's my lot in life to be broken, but it really isn't. Get into God's word, renew your mind every day, and God will make your life new every day. The second point is uh, out of Corinthians 2, uh, 10 and 5. And in 2 Corinthians 2, um, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5. And, and what it says is uh, that we're supposed to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, how many of you all know the bad stuff pops in our heads all the time? Yeah, any of you all? Yeah, all the time. How many of you always, like, I, I'm, I'm battling a thousand times a day. I say, where in the world did that come from, right? <laughs> well, well, here's the crazy thing is that I can either take and I can, uh, I can uh, uh, optimize or stretch that thought out or I can just snap it. And I could say, I'm going to take captive that thought. And the only way you can take captive those thoughts is by having what I call heavenly missiles. And heavenly missiles are scripture hidden inside of your heart. That as soon as those thoughts come in, you can attack it with scripture. And see, if you don't know scripture, then guess what you do? You surrender to those thoughts, right? Nobody ever robs a bank before they rob it in their head. Nobody ever has an affair before they have it in their head. Nobody ever kills somebody before they have it in their head. Nobody ever does drugs. Nobody ever does pornography before it forms here. And that's why the Bible says, take that thought captive. But to take it captive, you have to have the Word of God. And that Word of God becomes like this defense system that you begin. The war still happens. I'm not trying to say, oh, yeah, you're going to. No, no, no. I'm telling you, it's brutal. It's warfare. And it's ugly. But what you have is the Word of God to be able to combat all of these these flaming arrows that are coming at you. When you don't, then you just give in. And you wake up the next day and you say, man, I feel terrible. Why did I do that? That's not who I am. And God knows it's not who you are. But what God also knows is that you're not in your word. And as you get into your word, then he will strengthen you so that you can withstand the day, in the day of trouble. And that's the promise that he gives you. So um, take every thought captive. Again, by being in the Word of God is the way you do that. The third one is out of Matthew 6, uh, 22 and 24, and I, I want to read this one to you. Matthew 6, uh, 22 through 24. When you get older, it's harder to find pages. Um, but, but let me read it to you. It says... Uh, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great will that darkness be? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is the example it gives you there. But God is just looking for commitment from you. 
He's looking for you, and, and the only adjustment you would need to make today, if there's anybody here who says, you know what, I'm tired of my life, and I want to get fanatical about God, um, and fanatical doesn't mean that you're handing out flyers in front of the Ford dealership. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not saying that you go up to everybody and say, hey, God bless you, bro. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that you're so sensitive to what God is doing that every time he puts somebody in your path, that you start a conversation that points them to Christ. That's what Christianity is really all about. It's not hammering people. It's not making people feel uncomfortable. Sometimes it is. But, but Christianity is about you loving on God and, and guiding people and pushing them back that direction. Next thing to do is to seek first the kingdom of God as your treasure. Matthew 6, says, seek, for, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Seek God as your first priority. Look for him. Beg him to come into your life. Beseech him. Say, Lord, man, I want, I want, I want. I'm so tired of chasing the world. I want you as my first priority. I want you making my life what you need it to be. And then the final thing is get into relationships. Let me tell you about you. Some of you are so comfortable with the group of people that you have around you. Break out of that group and get into another group. Go find somebody who doesn't look like you and go befriend them. Go, go find somebody who doesn't think like you. Go find somebody who doesn't act like you. Go, go find somebody who wasn't raised in the same situation as you. Get out of your comfort zone. You know, it's amazing in America how people of affluence hang with people of affluence and people of poverty hang with people of poverty. A church is white or it's a, a black church. or it's, What if we just started mixing everybody together? And what if you did that? What if you became the example of that and went and found somebody who doesn't act, think, look, or behave like you and used them to build the kingdom of God? So those are my five points. It's my pleasure to be here with you. My desire is that every one of you will come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ and that you'll come to it in a big way. I love you all. I thank you for having me. And I, I pray that 2017 is a year that you're able to say, that's the year that I fully committed myself or that I went to the next level and fully ingrained myself in the kingdom of God. James. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.